What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Sam, I have just completed the American leg of my Beck Antonucci tour and I am finally back home on Australian soil. New York City was just fucking wow. My inner child, everyone was like, go to LA, you will love LA. Go to Mexico, you will love Mexico. My inner child was very clear that after Austin, Texas, I needed to take her to that city. And I'm so glad that I trusted my own internal wisdom and went where I desired to go. And now back home on Australian soil, getting ready to see my family for a girl's trip in the Wit Sundays. Literally all my cousins, my auntie, my sister's friends, my mom, my sister, not a fucking hoot. We are going to have a time. Make sure that you tune in on Instagram. My mom, I'm going to pour a lot of love into her and then also annoy her because I know that you all love my mom. She's just such an Instagram celebrity and she really doesn't embrace it to the degree that I would love her to. Sometimes she doesn't love my Instagram harassment. She's like, you talking about boundaries on the internet. I'm like, yes, I teach my clients how to set boundaries with other people and to get people to honor their boundaries and to honor other people's boundaries. But me, I fucking love disrespecting my parents' boundaries. Let me invade your space. <laughs> so tune in. I'm sure it's going to be fun, funny, beautiful. One of my clients just left the Wit Sundays and I was Instagram stalking her holiday photos because it just looks absolutely extraordinary. And I can't wait for what I'm about to see and witness to finalize my trip before the next leg of my work. I'm so fucking turned on by it, excited by it right now. So everything that I'm bringing through in April and May, fuck yes, let's go. But that can be for another day. Today's podcast is all about working with the power of the pause. So I have been working to underpin my nervous system so that my desires and my boundaries feel really safe in my body and that I live from a place of thriving and not from a space of survival. And a distinction that I've really been honing in on this past three months is working with the power of the pause. This is a distinction taught to me from my mentor, Carrie Azuma, and it's become so obvious in my life where I go so fast from my go-getter, high-performer, high-driven woman identity that I make rushed decisions that feel like they're in alignment with me in the moment. But upon reflection, 24 to 48 hours later, I've realized that that wasn't me fully choosing myself. And this distinction is actually changing my life. And I have got to share it with you because I know if you are listening to this podcast, you in some way, shape or form identify with some of the expressions of me. And I know for every woman and man tuning in, this distinction will so greatly benefit you and positively impact your relationship with self and your relationship with others. It really ties into a beautiful conversation around boundaries and also my work to be able to communicate confronting, triggering, courageous conversations from grace rather than hyperboundary. I hope that you love listening to this episode just as much as I fucking loved recording it. If you love it, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can connect with you. This is one hell of an episode, fam. Strap yourself in. Let's fucking go. Sam, I am recording this episode from fucking Austin, Texas in America. I have landed. I am day two into my USA trip. I am in the kitchen of my girlfriend, Alex Kemp's beautiful home where I'm staying with her. And fucking America is funny. I am so fascinated by these humans. But first, just so that you know, 
I have had two really shitty nights sleep. I was quite certain that jet lag was not a real thing unless you bought into it, but I can fucking tell you, as much as I try, I was like, I am not buying into jet lag. I'm just going to put myself to bed. It'll be fine. No, no, no. Night one, I was up until 4.35 a.m. and finally fell asleep. I was on the phone to Jake at about midnight and I had this sleep come over me and I said to him, baby, I'm so tired. Let me go to bed. I hung up the phone and went to fall asleep and it's almost like I wrote out my sleep and then all of a sudden was like, no, not tired anymore. I'm awake. I was like, for fuck's sake, (laughs) stayed up until 4.35 a.m. The next night, last night at about nine o'clock, between seven and nine p.m., I was tired, but I hadn't eaten dinner. And I thought, do I put myself to sleep with the chance that I wake up wide awake at midnight or do I force myself to go out for dinner, especially because it's my first official night in America? I can't just put myself to bed and I can't just order Uber Eats. So I went out, I Googled where to go in Austin. It said Sixth Street. So I took myself out on Sixth Street. If you have not been to 1010, I highly recommend it. Took myself out. And then after dinner, I thought to myself, because it's very American. People like, you went to 6th Street? I was like, yeah, that's what fucking Google said. I said, you must go to 6th Street. Even on the plane ride here, the men that I was sitting next to on the plane were like, we're staying on 6th Street. It's where everything is. Anyway, I walked down the strip. 1010 seemed to be like the nicest restaurant on the strip. When I got there, I was like, oh my God, this is just kind of like a bar pub crawl. It kind of reminds me of like the Kuta of Bali. <laughs> anyway, after dinner, I thought to myself, I'm just going to go and have one wine at the most American looking bar and just watch people. And so I walked down the strip and I find this bar that looks very American and I go and get myself a wine. People are so interesting. Just I get there, I order a wine. She goes, do you want to start a tab? I was like, no, I'm just going to have one drink. Thanks. This random man behind me is like, park it. I think that means put it on my bill. And she was like, oh, yeah, and then didn't say anything to me. I'm standing there still. I'm like, can I pay for my drink? She's like, no, it's already been paid for. I'm like, the person didn't even smile or acknowledge me or come up to me after, just bought me my drink. I was like, okay, YOLO, I'll receive. And then sat there and just witnessed American people. They all came up and chatted. Americans are so flamboyant and loud. Literally, all of my friends in Australia say that I'm the loudest person that they know. Like, I do not have an inside voice. I cannot whisper. I mean, I could if I really wanted to, but I don't really enjoy whispering. Fucking Americans scream at each other. It's wild. It's so funny. It's so funny. I'm witnessing these people. I'm like, I feel like I found my place where I belong. I belong here. You guys are all yelling. It's like, who is the loudest? Fuck yes. So I get home at about midnight. I was like, I'm going to keep myself out till midnight. That way, when I get home, I can have a CBD gummy because obviously they're legal here and put myself to sleep. All my friends online were like, have a fucking gummy, go to Whole Foods and get some CBD gummies and just go to bed. And I was like, fucking great idea. So I have a CBD gummy at midnight, fall dead asleep for 2.5 hours, wake up at 2.30 a.m. wide awake. I was like, what the absolute fuck? So I had another one, put myself to bed again and have the worst night terrors of my whole entire life. I forgot that I actually don't like marijuana. I don't smoke it. I don't take it. Marijuana reminds me of being 21 and partying. And I remember my ex-boyfriend was quite heavily addicted to recreational party drugs, even though he would never admit that. And we would be up all weekend, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then he would just smoke loads of bongs on a Sunday and he'd love it. He'd really be like, please, Max, smoke them with me. And I just never been into it. And it reminds me of that. So anyway, I go to bed. And I have the worst night terrors of my fucking life. I had like terrifying nightmares of people coming into my room in America 
And, you know, when you're trying to move and your body is so still and you're like, oh my God, I'm trying to scream and nothing's coming out of my throat. No noise is coming. That was happening. Then I was having a dream that Jessica and I were in a trap on a really busy street and she let Kobe out. Like She was like, no, he's just going to run home while we drive and let him off lead. And I'm screaming at Jessica. I'm so worried that Kobe's going to get hurt. And I'm screaming at Jessica, let Kobe in the car. Then Jake and I have this like psychotic text war fight. I'm in America and he goes, it's better for my life if I just block you. And he's like, I'm removing you off everything. Block me. And that was it. (laughs) My dad almost, (laughs) I love that this is a part of my night terrors. My dad had my mobile phone in the swimming pool and almost dropped it in the water. And I'm like screaming and swearing at my dad. I woke up. I was like, worst nightmares ever. I was like, that was so scary. And then I'm like, oh my God, my subconscious just having this dream about my dad dropping my mobile phone in the pool. That is funny. So yes, my sleep is not the best and jet lag is a real fucking thing. I'm not big on prescription medication, but next time I'm fucking going to the doctor and getting some sleeping tablets so the first two nights in America I can put myself to bed at a normal time. That is my G-O for fucking sure. But today, short episode fam around something that I'm really working on, something that has been taught to me by my mentor, Carrie Azuma, and something that I have actually given a voice to with a lot of my clients and it's really resonating and it's the power of the pause. So I identify as a high-performing woman. I identify as an ambitious woman, a driven woman, a fucking go-getter someone that is here to, you know, achieve big things. I feel I have a beautiful relationship with healthy discipline and healthy productivity. And I fucking enjoy being productive. I really do. Even this morning when I finally got to bed after all my nightmares and had that sleep, I woke up at 10, 10.30 and my wake up time is 5.30 a.m. And asleep in is 6.30 a.m. And every minute after 6.30 a.m., I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I've wasted the day in my life. I'm wasting my life away. And I enjoy being like this. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a productive, motivated, driven person. Where I do see the problem is when it's done to avoid something and or the action is taken from survival. And as I've shared with you in previous podcasts, I've really been doing a lot of work to underpin my nervous system so that my desires feel safe in my body. I'm also working on being able to have really courageous conversations, clearing conversations, boundary conversations from grace. Because what I have noticed is with strangers, with everyone else that isn't intimate in my life, whether it's close friendship, mentorship or relationship, anyone that isn't private and personal to me, I'm really great at setting a boundary where it's like, no, 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 I'm really embodied and practiced in my no. However, my edge, which I would say is very common and very normal for most people, is with my closest relationships. And that's probably where my boundaries can lack the most, but where boundaries are most important because the sacrifice, the cost of not having boundaries there is the intimacy, the connection that we all crave. And so what I can do, what I've noticed, my pattern can be not setting the boundary from a really beautiful, sometimes pure place of almost inner child innocence or desiring to give more to that person. I know when I talk about parts work, we say that all parts have positive intention. The part of us that allows people to cross our boundaries 
has a beautiful intention. I don't think it's ever to be malicious or hurtful to either party, ourselves and or others. But the cost is, like I said, the connection, the intimacy, the relationship, the friendship that we say that we're really fucking here for. And so what I've noticed is what I can do is not set a boundary. I thought I was really great at boundaries. As I'm doing this work on my nervous system with my mentor, I've really noticed I'm having an amplified experience. Things that were maybe a little bit triggering prior, they're really heightened at the moment. It's fucking wild, fam, to go through this because I know that my soul is actually a no. No longer am I going to allow myself or others to cross my boundaries. No longer am I willing to leave my boundaries unspoken. And no longer am I willing to sacrifice any of my relationships or friendships because I lack the courage to use my voice. So what I'm working on in the face of that is being able to communicate these confronting, courageous, triggering things from grace. I think you can hear in my voice that I have a really direct voice. However, when I'm coaching, for example, my femininity really comes out. I can bring my fire and I can bring my grace, my femininity, my softness, my gentleness. What I am working towards is being able to communicate in triggering times from grace versus from hyper boundary, which is directness, which is, oh my God, I haven't set a boundary. I haven't set a boundary. I haven't set a boundary. Now I have to set a real hard boundary because I didn't use my voice in the in-between. And that's something that I'm really, really looking at. I thought I was great at boundaries. I'm actually really fucking great at hyper boundaries. Not using my voice, not using my voice, not using my voice, getting really triggered, getting really aggravated, getting really agitated, getting really resentful, getting really frustrated. And then all of a sudden going hyper boundary. No one is going to cross this fucking line. And just the awareness of this was like, even the word hyper boundary, I was like, whoa with my intimate relationships, friendships, mentors. That is so true. So that's one thing I'm really working on. My focus this year is the pause, which we're going to get into in a moment. Living from desire, living from empowerment, living from a thriving nervous system rather than survival, and being able to communicate in triggering times from grace. Very easy to do when we're within our window of tolerance, when things are all going our way. But when things occur that aren't, how can I communicate from grace in those moments? Are you fully expressed? Do you live in alignment with your deepest desires? Do you give a voice to your most vulnerable truths? To live in alignment with our integrity, our values and our desires, you have got to express yourself. But do you even know how? What does full self-expression even mean to you? My loves, on the 19th of April, I am running a live online masterclass called The Fully Express Woman. In this 75-minute live online highly interactive workshop, we are going to explore the energetic blocks that are holding you back from stepping into your fuller self-expression. Uncover the conscious and unconscious fears that have you show up in protection rather than from embodiment. Create clarity around your value system and discover where in your life you are living out of integrity. Identify your visibility ceiling and challenge your comfort zone so you're put on your growth edge. And, of course, so much more. Check the link in my show notes and book your ticket today. Normally, up until now, what I've noticed is in heightened triggering times, it takes me five days to recognize the big trigger and then be able to come down from it and then five days later be able to communicate from grace. So I'm actually practicing not responding within those five days and then being able to communicate gracefully and I can hear it. It's powerful. It's beautiful. So I'm voice noting someone and it's incredibly, incredibly activated. I can hear when I leave it the five days, how powerful it is for me and them. 
when that communication is done from a graceful space. Also, rewind to building a life, being a highly driven, highly ambitious woman. I think that's so amazing, so powerful. Having a healthy relationship with productivity and discipline, amazing, really beneficial to my life. But like I've shared with you in previous podcasts, recognizing where it comes from survival. And that is really what I've been working on in my own life because I created, especially in this business, a lot of success really fast. But the come from was, and I know I shared with you the story around government benefits, my mum at the bottom of the stairs, the rug being pulled from under my feet, going balls to the wall in my fucking coaching business, that taking off and then going from not being able to pay my rent on Friday to having, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollar cash months. What I didn't realize at the time up until this past one year is that I had continued to create from a space of deep fear that I couldn't pay my rent on Friday. So even though the threat wasn't actually there and the danger no longer existed, in my body, in my nervous system, there was still belief that something was wrong, that threat could emerge, that COVID could happen again, that that the pandemic could happen again, that my rent couldn't get paid on Friday. And so I continued to create from that space, which felt great for the first year and a half, two years, because I was like, oh my God, result, 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 result. The more that I take from myself, the more that I keep draining my bank account. Like I said, I think I shared this in a past podcast. I would drain my bank account back down to zero and put it in an account that I wouldn't allow myself to touch. So I'd be like, oh my God, must create more this month. And for those people who are business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, I started to realize that I was living month to month. Like if I had a great month one month, that made the months really good. And then the next month, if I didn't generate the same income or more, that made that month bad. And it started to become super triggering. Even some of my male friends who are coaches, they'd text me and be like, what was your month like this month? What did you do? And as soon as people started asking me that question, especially last year, I remember having a month where the month was amazing. I'd like launched my podcast, had the biggest income month yet, launched one of my new offerings. Just heaps of really cool shit had happened and I celebrated it within my community. And then it was like three days later, I was like, okay, I'm over it now. Then I was worried about the next month. And then one of my male best friends messaged me and said, what'd you do this month? And I thought to myself, I'm not fucking living like this, aiming month to month to month to month to month. If I earn a great income one month, that makes it good. And if I don't the next month, that made my months bad. Like, how the fuck did we allow these numbers to run and rule our life and be the scale of all things that are good and or not? What about how I fucking feel? What about the quality of time that I spent with my partner and my friends? What about the lives that I've impacted? What about my life that I've impacted? What about my self-care? How did this number become the pinnacle of goodness? Anyway, that's been a big self-reflection that I have been on. And that's the work that I'm up to of like, fuck, I'm not going to allow external factors to dictate whether I feel successful or not. And that is operating from survival. I'm no longer prepared to do that. So as a woman who identifies with being a high performer, really ambitious, overachiever, and I love that about myself, my desire is A, to communicate from grace, B, to not operate from survival, but instead operate my life from a place of thriving embodiment, desire, worthiness, pleasure. That's I feel is going to be a process that I'm forever on. I feel like my life's path is a commitment to the path of aliveness and supporting women to break free from the mold, the box that society put us in that created boredom, stagnation, unfulfillment, dissatisfaction for so many of us and really pave a new pathway. It takes a lot of trust, a lot of self-belief. There's a lot of fear. 
letting go of things that are not meant for us, walking the path that's foreign and unknown and hardly walked on. It's scary. There's lots of things in my life that I'm really looking at right now and asking, are they here for me? Do they serve me? Are they from safety? Are they from survival? Are they from my wounded little girl? And really courageously looking at things that feel hard, hard, hard to look at. Mine and Jake's relationships, so hard to look at. Are we really men for each other? Do our inner children just love each other so much? Have we created so much safety with each other? Is it our fierce commitment to our loyalty and the sweet love that we have? Is that enough? Is that enough? I don't know. I don't know. Does my woman really feel fully seen? I don't know. Does his man feel fully seen? I personally don't think so. It's an interesting time. Yeah, I think it's super courageous to live a life committed to a path of aliveness. But honestly, I'm at a point, fam, where how can I do anything other than that? Because look at mental health rates, look at divorce rates, look at fucking everything. Look at the way, the rampant use of vapes in society right now, the, the rampant use of Instagram. My version of vaping is definitely Instagram. I'm going to acknowledge that for fucking sure. And there's a part of me that says you can't judge someone who chronically vapes <laughs> when you chronically use Instagram. The addiction to the dopamine hits just shows me that we as humans are deeply craving our own dopamine hit from within the internal success, not the external success. Society has convinced so many of us on focusing on the external, but the more that we create that whilst neglecting the internal freedom, the internal sense of aliveness, the internalized dopamine versus the external, we're always on that treadmill, that hamster wheel with the carrot dangling outside. We are running and we are running and we are running. And that is the high-performing, high-achieving woman operating from survival. And in the face of that, this is where the pause becomes super relevant. So what I noticed in being someone that loves to perform, achieve, do a heap of shit, wake up at fucking 5.30 a.m., focus on my fitness, build my business. I'm a real go, go, go person. High energy, love, productivity, love doing things. What that can do is have me move really fast through my life. Something that I have been working on with my mentor, Carrie Azuma, is focusing on the power of the pause because I started to realize really full circling around to the boundary conversation at the beginning of this podcast today. I have noticed so many places in my life where my boundaries have been crossed, but in the moment, I have agreed to whatever the thing is and 24 to 48 hours later or a week later, I've realized the thing that I agreed to didn't actually align with me. But because I was going so fast through my life, people were asking me questions. I'd be like, yep, that's cool. Let's fucking go. Yep, that's cool. Let's go. Yes to this. Yes to that. Yes, 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 yes. And in the moment, I kind of felt like it was in alignment with me. Yeah, no worries. Let's go. Yeah, no worries. It's fine. Yep, that's cool. No problem. I could give you a million different scenarios where this has occurred from personal to business to booking accommodation to money conversations, to relationship, just fucking everywhere where I'm asked in the moment something that someone wants from me and I've said yes to it because I've been rushing through my life, not even realizing that that was going on. And once I really sat down and sat back, I realized that choice was not actually a choice that served me. And so what the pause looks like, and I've shared this with my clients and it resonates for them as well, because like attracts like, my clients are a beautiful, incredible, sexy, <laughs> remarkable reflection of me. I love each and every single one of my clients. I just fucking adore them. And they're just, oh, 
and such a reflection of myself. Like my clients, I want to thank you all if you're listening to this right now, allow me to love myself more because I look at these women with so much admiration, respect, adoration, and I see so much beauty in each and every single one of them. And because in some way, shape or form, each woman reminds me of myself, it's really 360 healing for me. I was already speaking my truth. I was already courageously showing up in the world, but my acceptance, like deep, true acceptance of them allows me to continually accept myself on a deeper level and see myself as truly beautiful in the way in which I view and witness them. So I've shared that I'm working with this with my clients and all of my clients like, this resonates. And so what working with the power of the pause for me looks like now is actually stopping when someone asks me something and not giving an answer immediately and just saying, hey, thank you for asking. And I'm just going to sit with it for a few hours, a few days, just so I can feel into what feels best and what will work for me. It's so wild that up until now, until Carrie suggested this to me, that my fast operating mind hadn't even thought that that was an option. It was kind of like, must provide an answer in the moment and then go. And I realized that she shared this with me because I brought some conversations to her where I'm like, I'm so annoyed by this person crossing my boundaries. And I told her that the question that the person asked me, and then I told her my response. And she goes, Beck, do you think a pause would be really powerful for you? I was like, what the fuck is this bitch talking about? And when I say this bitch, Carrie knows I fucking love her. So what is she talking about? The pause. What do you mean? The pause. She was just saying to the person, hey, thank you so much for your question. And I am going to take a few moments, a few hours, a few days to sit with what you've asked and figure out what really feels best for me. I know I've repeated this fam, but mind fucking blown. Because I was going so fast through life, tunnel vision, I just thought the answer was either yes, I agree to your request or no, I do not. I was so fixated on what is right in front of me. Yes and or no. I didn't realize that once I broadened my lens view of the world, the next opportunity was, yeah, I'm going to think about that and actually feel into what would feel best for me. And then I'll come back to you with an answer. Honestly, life-changing. It is honestly the distinction this year that will actually change my life. Because like I said at the beginning, so many micro resentments that are showing up in my life where someone has asked something of me and I've given them an immediate response. And a few days later, when I have really sat back to think about it, I thought to myself, that actually wasn't in my highest alignment. I said yes when I really meant no. And in the moment, I thought I was a yes. I didn't think I was having my boundary crossed. But if I actually was not going so fast and took the time to feel into my body what feels best for me, I would have had an entirely different answer. So that is my life-changing fucking distinction for each and every single one of you. This is what I'm working on right now. Boundaries, triggering, courageous, confronting conversations from grace and working with the power of the pause. And it's really funny, just before I wrap up, to share with you, when I was in Byron Bay with my friend Alex Waters, not Alex Kempo I'm staying with, we hired a car and shared the car hire together. We're doing our own thing. We're like, yeah, yeah, we'll just split the car. All good. And when we got to Byron, my favorite gym is in Byron Bay, counter punch boxing. Fucking love it. When I go to Byron, I'm like, what is the timetable? Book every single class that there is that works for my schedule. And I could see there was a 5 p.m. class that afternoon. Alex and I are obviously sharing a car. We're sitting at the dining table and I say to him, hey, Alex, what's your plans this afternoon? I would really love to go to Counterpunch at 5 p.m. It's about a nine-minute drive away. Would that work for you? And he sat there and he looked at me. He looked up and he said, just give me a few minutes so I can feel into what would be best for me and then we'll work it out. And I was like, he just literally did the exact thing that I'm working on. 
And it was almost a little bit triggering in the moment. But I actually worked out the trigger was not him doing the pause. The trigger was, oh my God, is a man going to try and control me and take away what I really want? I had some residual men stuff coming up for me for me to really look at. But it was just so amazing to see in action a person do exactly what I'm leaning into. And five minutes later, he was like, yep, I'm going to go to the gym as well. I'm going to go to an ice bath and a sauna. It's just down the road from you, so I'll take you. And my stuff's going to go for about an hour and a half. Is that cool? And then I'll pick you up on the way back. So it all worked out. But it was just so powerful to see someone do exactly what I'm working on and say, hey, thanks for your question. And I'm also going to feel into what feels best for me. And then we'll come to a decision together. Powerful, powerful, powerful. So my loves, if this resonated for you in any way, I'm just really honoring you and your life's path, your commitment to your own internal aliveness or whatever the word is that is most important to you. I really encourage you to feel into that. What's the path that I'm committed to walking on? What's that word? Mine is aliveness. I just can't give it up for anything. I just can't. I just can't. I just cannot. I cannot live my life feeling like there's something more out there or like something is missing. And the thing that I desire the most, I know it's an internal sensation, not an external reach. If you're desiring to lean into courageous conversations from fucking grace, absolutely celebrating you as well. If the hyperboundary conversation resonates, oh my God. If the hyperboundary conversation, like boundaries set from the electric fence are showing up, I really encourage you to look at all the micro ways that you are actually crossing your own boundary. And it could potentially be because you, like I was, We're going so fast through life that you were giving answers that felt really real and true in the moment that 24, 48 hours later on reflection felt like a dishonor of yourself. And so the power of the pause, life fucking changing for me, for my clients, for every person on the planet, for you too. I hope that you love listening to today's episode just as much as I loved recording it. If you love it, please screenshot it, share it to your story. Tag me so that I can connect with you and I cannot wait to connect with you again next week. I hope you have the most beautiful, brilliant day. Let's fucking go. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness and secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.